We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome back to No Other Pod, the first No Other Pod after Sporting KC Soccer actually returned. I'm Jimmy, along as always with my good buddy Dan. How's it going, my man? Dude, soccer's back, man, and I am, that's what I'm doing every single day. Yeah. It's crazy. Uh, do I have a, a short, little, short little rant here for a minute. Do you watch those MLS and 15s on the MLS app? I haven't. It's cool. I haven't since MLS's back started. I, I, I do watch them occasionally when I'm trying to keep up, but I mean. It's the, cool. And they're always just, on within a few hours, yeah. unless you play on Sunday like Sporting KC did, in which case it's still not on the app. But Mondays and Tuesdays games are on there. And yeah. I'm just like, where's the Sporting game? I right. want to watch it. I wanted to get some condensed action to talk about, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I uh, I do like those. I watch them during the regular season when there's when there's like an actual real regular season. Uh, yeah, there's just so many games right now that it's like if you were to watch all the condensed matches, you'd be doing nothing but watch condensed matches all day. Well, what are you doing? So. You going to work or anything? I mean, come <laughs> just throw it on your iPad in the corner. You're good to go. Yeah, I'm not going to work, that's for sure. But I am <laughs> I am working. Yes, um, we'll put quotes on that. <laughs> so, but yeah, we'll uh, we'll obviously talk about the disappointing result. Uh, people were mad. My people God, got real mad! Wow, and you you were you got like feisty too a, against them. You were kind of the antagonist to the I antagonist. Just, yeah, man. I mean, like I I look. I guess you're the protagonist. In that look, sense. I, yeah. I'm just like, was I happy? No. Like I tweeted, Sporting KC completely blow what should have been an easy three points and will lose without Timelia. They're now fighting for their tournament lives. So like, I'm not out here trying to be a, apologetic for the team. But when people are coming at me being like, Peter for me sucks and this is just 2019 all over again and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, y'all, this was, that was rough, man. one game. Let's, let's pump the brakes a bit. And then I had this one dude, and I'm not going to spend too much air on this guy, but this one dude who I'd never seen in my life gets in my mentions and I'm like, who are you? So I go and I look at his profile and he's adding the players, adding Gerso saying, you know, you and blow dude. Have you watched, you know, watched you all game and you like just blow easy pass, find a second shot. And I'm like, y'all it's sports. Like I know we get passionate, but they're people, they make mistakes. Also, didn't he add Gerso to the sense that, well, no, he'll, 
he'll see it, but like other people wouldn't see right. it. Right. Because... He's trying to hide it. Yeah. So that's why I, I blocked the dude and I screenshotted him. And, I, and I'm not like some people got weirdly defensive against me. They're like, that's not a representation of all sporting KC fans. Don't, don't pretend like it is. And, and that's not what yeah. I was trying to do. No, definitely but not. There are a few. Right. I was, what I was trying to say is like, SKC fans are, are generally better than this, but I know some of y'all are out there and don't be that guy. I so. used to be that guy towards opposing teams. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be too drunk and I would get blocked by Marcus Harrison. Yes, I remember Marlon, that. Marlon Harrison. Marlon Harrison, yeah. Um, <laughs> and I think there's My a difference because somebody else was like, if you don't think Sporting KC fans are like this and you've never sat in the cauldron, which, spoiler alert, okay. I have. The cauldron, Spoiler I, alert, the cauldron has bad and good fans. I mean, that's sure. like any fan base. And I also think there's a difference between like heckling somebody during the game on the opposing team, even singling people out. Now, don't get personal or, or, or bigoted or anything like that. But like, I think of like when the cauldron messes with like Jesse Gonzalez, like every time he's in goal near the cauldron, mm, like they, they just get in his head and he screws up and it's, and it's part of home field advantage. I think there's a difference between that and specifically targeting a player because of a mistake they made in a game and calling them out and getting personal and that sort of thing. I, I yeah. just, I don't think there's any room in sports for that. And it happens all the time in football in college football in you know, all sorts of sports. So relax people. Well, at least there was a game. All right. Cause at there this point we didn't know that one was going to happen. We didn't know uh, if sporting's confirmed one positive with coronavirus was going to turn into three, five, nine. Like we had no idea. Right. And it uh, turns out everyone tested negative, but doesn't it take a bit to show up too? I mean, if they're hanging out with their teammates all, all week, isn't it, aren't they bound to be infected? So, yeah. So the, this confirmed positive test happened since our last podcast. I think it happened. Did we like deduce who it was? Cause you could look after. at the lineup that did anyone try to figure it out? There were people who tried to figure it out, and, and I don't remember who all. There, there are a couple of role players, basically, because everybody was like, oh, it's Roger, because the first guy who reported it was a reporter out of Honduras, and he mentioned Roger Espinoza in mm. tweet. But I was like, I think he's just doing that as like a point of reference for people in Honduras, because Roger's Honduran. Right. So he's just like, there's a positive test on Sporting KC, the team Roger Espinoza plays for. Sure. There's not a ton of Honduran players in MLS. So, I mean, he's right. He's big and most of them, most of them are on the Houston Dynamo because <laughs> there's true. like seven of them. But, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so I, but I think everybody took that as like, oh my God, Roger has coronavirus. And then he was in the lineup and people were like, oh, it's not Roger. And so Pulse Camp, I think was one of the people who wasn't in the, the right. lineup and I'm blanking on who the other person was, but it was another outfield player who, who is kind of like one of those borderline swoop. Like normally he'd be playing for, I was going to say Swope Park, SKC2. Yeah, um, okay. So I guess we'll, we'll know Friday if it's Pulse Camp or not, if he's backing up Richard Sanchez or if we have a pool keeper backing up Richard Sanchez. Or would they, would it be a pool keeper or would they be able to bring in Eric Dick from Phoenix? I don't think they can bring in Eric. I don't think one, they would bring in Eric Dick, but he wouldn't have, he wouldn't have the seven days needed in the bubble. And I don't think they put him oh. on the roster ahead of time. I think, I think he would have right. needed to be on the roster ahead of time. So. Yeah. Cause they can recall the loan, but it's uh, I think they want him there for the whole season if, if possible. Yeah. And he'd have to come in and then he'd have to do all the testing protocol and then he'd have to do sure. his seven day time. And so it just, 
wouldn't work. Well, that's crazy. It'll be a it'll be an interesting day Friday uh, at yeah. the game and uh, seeing if kind of kind of win or go home kind of thing, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. Um, I do just before we move on to that, I do just want to. I, I think you brought up a real good point about you know th- there's a lot of questions about is the, is the bubble truly safe or not. And not if you're an NBA player right now. <laughs> well, NBA <laughs> players are already inviting women into the bubble. They're breaking <laughs> it. What is happening? It took like three days. Um, not, they just can't wait. They, they're, they're bringing women in. There was a Sacramento Kings player who left the bubble to go they pick up left. food. They're too horny. <laughs> they are too horny. They're hung, hungry and horny. And so they can't stay oh in the bubble. Oh, my God. They're uh, horny. And, it's unbelievable. And, and I and I I saw a funny tweet from Jamel Hill. She used to work for ESPN and works for the Atlantic yeah. now. And she's like, "Y'all, I lived in Orlando for eight years. There's not many restaurants there, so there's like a high probability this dude left the bubble to go to like a Longhorn Steakhouse or something. Like, there's there's <laughs> nothing in Orlando other than chain yeah. restaurants. It's not like original stuff. I mean, <laughs> no. it's a tourist place. You know, no right. one's putting their original stuff there. No. So yeah, at least they're doing so far better than the NBA and they haven't had too many star players like the NBA just recently had Russell Westbrook and James Harden announced that they're positive for coronavirus. I saw so, someone say, well, you don't have to worry about Russell Westbrook passing it to anybody. <laughs> <laughs> so in that sense, the MLS bubble so far is intact. Now the question is, we don't really know if the bubble protocol actually is successful in preventing transmission of coronavirus yet because we probably won't know that until about the end of this week that'll be about the two-week mark where most teams have been in the bubble and they're claiming that whoever the sporting KC player is that has coronavirus got it before arriving in Orlando it Hmm. just took about seven days for him to test positive which would lead me to believe that if he infected other people, say, you know, sometime along the way, it would take up to seven or 10 or sometimes even 14 days for them to show symptoms. So it's possible, hopefully not, but it's possible that in the next you know, day or two, we could still see Sporting KC players show up positive. And everyone on Minnesota United that came into contact with that player on the field, you know, it's exactly, this is crazy. And all you fools that just had to have sports back. I just gotta, I gotta have it because life is going to end without it. Look at what's happening so we can be entertained. I'm going to put quotes on that because this is a very asterisk level competition. Uh, But so many, so many pieces go into making this an enjoyable product for us. All these cameras, Dude, the goddamn green screen where they're putting all the all the teams' ads in the back, all their uh, sponsors and stuff, their partners. Yep. yep. That was crazy. I was like, oh look, why would they have uh, Compass Minerals back there? Oh, that is definitely a blue screen. All right. Yeah, yeah, because uh, you, you see, like the Sounders have Zulily up there and whatnot, so they're mm-hmm. they're changing that. Um, it's crazy. I just so many pieces, dude, just so we can have a sport. You yeah. know. Yeah, and of course ESPN is doing the more natural environment broadcast where they're not pumping in fake crowd noise. They're, they're really focusing more on the sounds of the game. They have the mm-hmm. microphones in the fields. You can hear some and of drone the re- noise. They're focused <laughs> on drone noise and drone noise, but you can also hear some of the ref conversations, which I wish there was a mic on the ref. And I thought at first there might be, but imagine being able to hear more specifically 
like the conversations and the warnings the refs are giving to the players. Could be some bleeping though. They might have some f bombs in there too because they'll they'll tell the players what's up. We all heard it on the last dance. It's not like ESPN hasn't dropped an f bomb yeah. before. So let's. You I'm know. all about it, dude. I'm all I'm, for it. I'm, I want to hear someone be like, "Get your <laughs> shit together," you know? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I just. Fox Sports 1's pumping in fake crowd noise, and, and I've said it before. I'm not a fan of the fake crowd noise. I wasn't from Bundesliga. I'm not for MLS either. I really enjoyed hearing the, the sounds of the game. It's even stranger for me since there are no – there's literally no stands in Orlando, at least with Bundesliga or whatnot. You're like, okay, well, there's stands, so there could be fans. But when there's not even any stands there, it just feels even more out of place. So, I don't know. I think it's just um, – I prefer the, the way that ESPN is broadcasting it over Fox Sports 1. And I get less Alexi Lawless on ESPN. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, well, luckily all our games are on ESPN. So there you go. Yeah. So we had the coronavirus scare, which hasn't manifested into anything else yet. But then right before that, Botan Barat, or right before kickoff, or the game, like a day before, Botan Barat was surprisingly transferred back to his home club of Budapest Honved in Hungary. Shock, so, right? I didn't expect it. No, I didn't expect it. But you heard the, you saw the quote where he was just like, I don't know what's going to happen here in America. You know, essentially get me the hell out of here. Yeah. Uh, we, I don't even know if I'll play this season. You know, he also yeah. mentioned depth. And I'm like, dude, what do you mean depth? You were, you were definitely going to play with bees. Like you guys were pretty good together. So, yeah, he, he and Beasler last year were, were I think, the best pairing of, of the center backs that we had. Um, Andrea Fontes obviously wasn't very good last year, and then he got hurt. And so I thought Botan and Bees was the two, the, the best combo we had. Um, you know, we obviously had Graham Smith and, and, you know, we Emiliano on more left, I think, partway through last year. So I liked Botan and Bees. But I think you're right. I think based on that quote, he basically was like, damn, coronavirus is going crazy over here. Plus, I don't know if I'm going to play. Like, get me the hell to Europe where at least they have it somewhat under control and I might play more. Yeah, for sure. It's uh, smart on his part, I mean, to try to manufacture that. If, if, if someone doesn't want to be here, Peter's going to do what he can to get him out of here. You know, so that's, that's kind of the, the issue there. If you don't want to be here, okay, we'll make it work. Yeah, Peter's always been pretty good about that. If, if, if you don't want to be here, you know, we don't want people who don't want to be here, and it's no hard feelings. He'd, he's the type of guy who'd rather you be honest than mm-hmm. be, like, silently disgruntled. But So, Botan left, which means, you know, I think everybody kind of thought Punchech was going to be the starter aside uh, Beasler this game because he was the starter the first two games. But we also have Winston Reed on loan from West Ham, who's apparently yeah. healthy and available. Obviously, there's Graham Smith. Andre Ufantas is not with the team in Orlando, but if there is a regular season after this, he might be available. So there is some depth there, but, you know, it is what it is. Uh, And then we finally get to the game. So let's talk about this game here for a bit. When I saw this starting lineup, I don't think there was necessarily any surprises for me. It was pretty much what I expect from Sporting KC, and I I was kind of excited. especially looking at the lineup that Orlando, uh, not Orlando, uh, Minnesota put out. We knew there was no Ike. And uh, then there was a late scratch for Minnesota uh, at the forward position. So Mason Toy had to come in 
uh, in place of uh, Minnesota starting striker whose name I'm blanking on, but um, uh, I, I almost I said I Amarillo, know. but it's not Amarillo. It's something starts with an A. Um, but then, so Toy comes in, and I'm thinking three points. This is happening. I think I it's even told good. you. Yeah. You and I text each other. We're like, done deal. We got this. That's what we get for being confident <laughs> like a bunch of idiots. All right. And then we have Tim Melia on here. What are we doing? We can't have people on here. They get red cards. Have you checked on Eric Dick? Is he still, did he get a red <laughs> card this weekend? Because if he did, we're done having goalkeepers on. It's <laughs> a good question. Yeah, we should look into that. Yeah. And Tim, of course, if you listen to our, our episode with Tim, he was like, if y'all need anything in Orlando, like, let me know. Like, we'll get some of the players on. Like, totally cool with it. <laughs> and and, and we, were, cool. we were thinking about it. We were like, oh, like, I actually was, was thinking, like, it might be cool to try to get him on, maybe not this week, but at least next week. But sure. now I'm kind of like, damn, he got a red card. He's not even going to play Friday. If we don't get a result Friday against Colorado, we're – pretty much out of the tournament and at that point i don't think Timelia is going to be in great spirits to come on with us if they have right one game and we're out what do you what do you think about reaching out to him though and trying to set something i don't know we're obviously recording already for this week but if we're going to shoot for something next week we might our tournament chances might be over and no one's going to want to talk to us yeah so we'll we'll see when when you listen to our recording next week you'll know if we uh, ended up getting tim obviously or not but I think if we win Friday, maybe we try to set something up with him and see if we can't get him on sometime um, Absolutely. and talk, talk about a winner go home situation. But, you know, Gerso was on the radio this week and he said uh, that they have the utmost confidence in Richard Sanchez. They're like, we wouldn't have brought him in if he can't do the job. Um, but, you know, it looked, he looked a little slower uh, on the field than Tim would. But I mean, yeah. it's his first like reps in a real game so was tim's though it's it's been i don't know man what you can't really you can't really break down this game and and rip up the playbook and say we suck you know right we threw so, it away like it's things happened and it's it's crazy and it's hot and so many yeah. factors so let's talk about what exactly happened throughout the game quickly i mean if you're a regular listener of no other pod you know that we kind of like going through the goals and and, and seeing what happens or, or the the big plays um Kyrie so Shelton, let's bro. let I want to talk about Kyrie for sure, but let's uh, let's talk. You know, Minnesota actually had probably the first real scoring chance, and it should and it came out of nowhere. Uh, but it was in the 29th minute when Jan Gregush, uh, as uh, um, they like to call him on ESPN, he fired. Sounds one. like a diehard villain. <laughs> Every time, uh, every time John Champion said Gregoosh, I, it sounded to me like he was saying Grey Goose, like the vodka. Yes. Um, except as Sean Connery. But, uh, so you got thirsty, right? <laughs> but it's pronounced Gregoosh. Uh, he fired one from distance. And, man, this was on frame. This was going to be a goal. And Tim adjusted last minute and just punched it over the bar. Yeah. So They, hit the, they hit the bar one time as well. Um, mm-hmm. Quite 68th the, minute that's right yeah later on it was like holy shit things are they're getting shots off you know and it's not good yeah so it's you know there was that but 43rd minute sporting kc Kyrie shelton gets on the board and the most impressive part of this goal for me 
was the buildup when Alan Polito, and this is why you spend 9 million or whatever you did to, to get a, a forward like this, little one-touch turn, flicks the ball right around the Minnesota defender, second touch, immediately passes it up to Kyrie Shelton, perfectly in run. It's great. And then I don't awesome. know what the hell or hell, what the hell, or, what the hell Tyler Miller was doing, the keeper for Minnesota. I think he must have just assumed Kyrie was about to send it across goal to Gerso, which yes. I think he Kyrie, had Gerso open. I think he was about to do it, but Tyler Miller went so early, he left the entire near post open and Kyrie just finished it like a pro. Yeah. And all of a sudden it looked like Tyler Miller's feet were just cinder blocks because it didn't look yeah. like he moved too far to go cover Gerso. Like he left himself some room to come back, but somehow that ball just squeezed on in there. I was surprised, man. And Taylor Twelman, he's not one to let he, he won't let things go, dude. He's going to let a player have it. And he's just like, that is so poor. What is the goalkeeper doing? Terrible. I'm like, holy shit. <laughs> yeah, it, uh, he, he went on about it for a while. I mean, yeah. it, was, it was poor keeping. He, he did a full hop to the right. And at that point, his momentum is totally going the wrong direction. So there was no yeah. way he could dive back. And I'm not going to say it's, an, it's a difficult shot for Kyrie. I'm also not going to say it's an easy shot. Because even though he had the near post open, he was still at a little bit of an angle. And, and it, people it, don't make those shots, dude. Near post he, is tough. You, he could have gotten it wrong. And, thankful, and you know what? 2018 Kyrie might have gotten it wrong. Uh, yeah, he couldn't buy a goal in 2018, man. That but, was tough, but he's a different player now. He's different level. Yeah, 20, 2020 Kyrie, um, he's, he's finishing he's out there, all day. He's working now, man. He's out there. You can tell he's put in work. He wants to be the best and help this team win. And I think the Black Lives Matter situation that has him uh, really leading this movement for the team, um, I think he's even more ramped up to, like, yeah. put results up. Yeah. People, so people were kind of wondering why is Kyrie starting on the right side instead of Johnny, and 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 I think that's a valid question for they people. Said Johnny's to wonder. not fit. Well, one man, Johnny looked tired after like 15 minutes as a sub. He yeah. was walking. He was not fit at all. But also, Kyrie's size and Kyrie's pace, um, and his just general athleticism is is at a higher level than than Johnny's is. I think. And he is much more able to track back defensively and provide some of the cover for Graham Zussi on that right side that Johnny's not able to do. And I think that actually is a big factor in how the defense can improve year over year, even though they only made one replacement on the back line. Right. So now, weren't they saying, didn't someone say Johnny Russell isn't 90 minutes fit? I mean, no one really is right now because right. the layoff or whatever, but like that for him not to be as fit as some others, is, is that a, is that an indicator of him not working as hard with this in this COVID break as everyone else has? I don't know necessarily if that's Maybe what... he didn't eat well? <laughs> um, Scotch? <laughs> I, don't, I don't really know what it was. I mean, he, they had a new... I was just looking this up. They, have, they had a newborn son born in January. So, you know, it could be that... Um, you know, he maybe he gained pregnancy weight, post pregnancy <laughs> weight. Well, I guess just like you know, so when this lockdown and everything started happening, he had a, a two month old baby, and I I think I might be mistaken, but I'm pretty sure that he and his wife have at least one other child. Um, so suddenly you got a newborn and another small child that you're trying to take care of in 
and, and you've got nothing to do but stay at home. So I wouldn't be surprised if that kind of took a little bit of a toll on him. Um, Makes but, sense. I don't know. But, but it just yeah. shows. Kyrie worked for it. And yeah. it, it, it shows that he's, uh, he deserves to be there right now. Kyrie looked much, much, much more fit than Johnny did. Mm-hmm. Johnny just did not look like Johnny. Um, but Kyrie was great. Uh, going to the half, uh, up 1-0. And then 49th minute, uh, Gerso actually had another opportunity. Um, it was uh, Kyrie again who sort of led Gerso <laughs> – he led Gerso into the open field. Gerso was, it was basically a two-on-one, Gerso and Kyrie against Tyler Miller, who was way out of his net because, again, don't know what Tyler Miller was doing. And Gerso, I don't know if he was trying to chip Tyler Miller or if he was trying to cross it to Kyrie or he didn't know what he was doing. He just dribbled it right to the feet of Tyler Miller, and it was a waste of That's chance. Rough. I'm just going to blame it on him running way too fast and his brain can't catch up with his feet. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's, we've seen him do things like this, whether it's like miss hit a ball over the net or to the side of the net and, or just have a bad pass. Like he can outrun the whole world. Yeah. And then sometimes just doesn't finish it. Yeah. Well, you take a pro and have a con, you know? Yeah. He, I mean, he was looking mostly pretty good. Kyrie obviously looked great. Gotti Kinda looked pretty good, especially to start the game. He was finding all sorts of space. He just wasn't quite able to put the ball on frame. I was hoping for uh, another Kinda goal or a Polito goal, just you yeah. know, to keep that trend going of the new players scoring. So I was yeah. disappointed that didn't happen. Yeah, but you know, um, Shelton's goal doesn't happen without Polito's involvement. So he, oh, hundred percent. Yeah, he's he's definitely involved there, even if he didn't awesome. score. Sixty um, fourth minute. That's this is when things kind of started going off the rails. I think Sporting was clearly the better team in the first half. It was a little bit shaky to start the second half. And then it started to get real nerve-wracking. 64th minute was when Ethan Finley scored for Minnesota United off of a a corner kick. Ultimately got called back because of VAR. Kevin Molino was offside. I'm not an Ethan Finley fan, I found out. No. Something about his face, maybe? I don't know. Not a fan. Yeah, I mean, Ethan Finley. I didn't tweet him or anything. (laughs) Ethan Finley and Chase Gasper. Chase Gasper was being a little shit the entire game and just oh roger was letting him have it too though what <laughs> i really thought they'd get a red on him because he got a yellow right for pushing raj yeah and he probably should have got a yellow like it was like the second or third minute of the game where he did something stupid and and yeah it was a rough challenge but that would have been yellow worthy and probably would have been a yellow if it was 15 minutes later hmm. but and then it totally went off the rails and it was in the 74th minute when uh it was a great touch by Minnesota United. And it was kind of a little bit of a misplay probably by uh, Sporting KC's defense. Beasler, I think it was, tried to step up and intercept the ball. Couldn't do it. Tim Melia was left in a one-on-one, came all the way out of his, uh, out of the box. Kind of did like a half-hearted slide tackle and just totally made a mess of it. Took out the Minnesota United player. Denial of an obvious goal scoring opportunity. Red card, Melia's gone. Made sense. I mean, I didn't argue it at all. I wasn't sitting at home yelling at my television. I was like, that's just, yeah, it is what it is, you know. But Amelia yeah. uh, just, I know it's called football, but he, the dude just tackled him, just took him down like a linebacker almost. Uh, yeah. Chop block, did a little chop block. Well, and you could tell the players did, like Beasley kind of put his hands up, but 
Melia <laughs> the camera right on Beasler's face. Yeah, Melia. Like he was just shocked. Melia didn't really argue. You could tell he was pissed and frustrated, but I think he was more pissed and frustrated, either one at himself or two at his defense for putting him in that position. Always the defense, dude. Goalkeepers <laughs> always going to yell at the defense, unless it's absolutely their fault. In that case, it was not. He had to do what he had to do. Yeah, I mean, there's blame all around there. He, he, he didn't have to do exactly what he did, go feet first in outside of the box, and, and, and Beasley kind of made a mess of things too. But I think most people didn't argue with this. I did see some sporting fans, they were like, that's harsh red. That's not denial of an obvious goal-scoring opportunity. There was a defender back. Puncic was there. Um, the only thing I want to say about that, I guess, is denial of an obvious goal-scoring opportunity doesn't mean – that there's nobody between the player with the ball and the goal. It, what the rule right. says is there's only one player between where the foul happened and the goal. Usually that one player is the goalkeeper. But in this case, Melia actually was no longer acting as the one man between the foul and the goal. Puncic got back. So effectively, Puncic sort of took the place of what the goalkeeper normally is for the defending team. And then Melia started acting as the last defender, quote unquote. So when he took him out, yeah. it's in denial of an obvious goal scoring opportunity. And yes, I, the player touched it wide, but it was an open net. These guys are professionals. It wouldn't have been that hard for him to shoot the ball on frame. I would have been interested to see it play out a little differently. Had, had Tim's realized that he was out of the box and had a little more space maybe and kind of stood him up and just yeah. got around him while Puncic was running to the goal to, you know, play keeper with his feet. So would have been interesting to see if Melia could get a little help and get a steal or something. Yeah. And I think Melia, he went down so awkwardly for the tackle. It wasn't like a fully committed tackle. I think he started yeah. to go down. And as soon as he started to, I think he thought exactly what you were just saying. And was like, oh, shit, I should have just stood him up and kind of tried to stop but couldn't. And well, and the guy with the ball made a meal of it, too. Like, he dribbled into Melia. He didn't have to dribble into him. But he did. No, that's how you get the foul. I don't blame him. So, yeah, if he dribbles so, around him, I'm not sure that gets called. I mean, it should get called, but right. I'm not sure it does. So Melia gets sent out with a red card. That screws with everything because not only does Melia go now, normally when an outfield player gets a red card, you just adjust the formation and you're like, okay, we'll, we'll figure it out. But now Melia goes out with a red card. So not only does that happen, but Peter Vermees now has to burn one of his subs to send in another keeper. But more importantly, more importantly than just burning one of his subs is he has to burn one of his three sub opportunities. Because remember, mm -hmm. even though there's five subs that you can make now, you can only do it three times throughout the game. It's true. So. Now, I'm, cur I'm, I'm scared at this point. I'm like, okay, you're up 1-0. Okay, pack it in. Most teams, any, any team, dude, packs it in and just plays crazy blo block defense. And you'll hear other teams hate that because sometimes when the other team gets a red card and they go a man down – it's harder to break through because they do park the bus. But we didn't. Why? Because we don't know how to do that. There are some times when we should do that, and this was the moment. We still yeah. went after goal, man. We still went. Well, and so here's what I'll, here's what I'll say about that. And, and I, I'm not going to die on this hill or anything because obviously it didn't work. What I will say is even down a man – Sporting still had opportunities to score. Like they were still attacking. Yeah. Minnesota was not pressing for like the first 10, 15 minutes that they were up a man. And I think Taylor. That's why we even, kept trying. Right. Taylor, 
Taylor even said on the broadcast, he was like, does Minnesota know they're up a man? Because they were not playing like it. Yeah. He's like, why aren't they going at him? Right. And so we were having still a lot of possession in their half. And, and, and I can't fault Peter for looking at how Minnesota was playing and how sporting was playing, considering the strength is in their attack and say, I know we're down a man, but if we can steal one more goal and be up 2-0, that's a lot easier to park the bus and, and protect that than it is to park the bus up 1-0 down a man and give up that much space to True. let Minnesota keep firing on frame. Oh, don't get me wrong. If we get a second goal, that's fantastic. And, yeah. and now makes everything maybe a little bit easier than you can park it. But it was just tough, man. And I really feel for Sanchez stepping in there and that opportunity and not even getting a chance to make any good plays, just getting scored on. Yeah. He, I mean, this was his Sporting KC debut. Last that time sucks. Sporting, yeah. Last time Sporting fans saw him is when we beat them in Chicago at the game we were at where we kind of came back and won 4 3. But, you know, Ilya. Oh, times. Ilya got a yellow in stoppage time, and there were seven minutes of stoppage time, which wasn't surprising because of That's how it goes cards. with the water breaks. Dude, today yeah, Seattle yeah. had like nine minutes. It was crazy. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, unfortunately, there's a free kick from a dangerous spot. It doesn't hit any Minnesota player, but it bounces off Kyrie's chest, goes right past Richard Sanchez, and, uh, yeah, it's a goal. Um, Kyrie scores bro that's all he knows how to do now <laughs> doesn't matter if there's a goal he's putting it in yeah I mean obviously Thanks. Kyrie Kyrie misplayed it I will also say Richard Sanchez I'm not sure what he was doing he did the one thing that a keeper should never do on a free kick is he started to come out and then second guessed himself because he realized he misjudged it so he neither came out nor was in his net he was just caught in no man's land wonder if he had a little nerves going on I mean it's not like he hasn't been in a moment before he's played an MLS game so it's not like he's a rookie or anything yeah but uh, maybe a little nerves and and the heat man and his sweet porn stash he had I mean it was uh (laughs) (laughs) hello ladies yeah yeah great dirty Sanchez (laughs) I I think he thought the ball was going to carry a little bit more in the air and he was going to be able to punch it away and then it dropped in like the last 10 yards of flight so if he would have stayed in the net, he would have been able to easily block the little dribbler that Kyrie had, but he just caught in no man's land. So both, both goals that happened on him though, the ball kind of was bouncing around in the box and just kind of snuck its way in. Yeah. It's like, what are the defenders doing? Like, this is not all his fault. Right. So at this point it's, it's one, one and it sucks because sporting probably should have had three or four goals by this point, and And it should be an easy three points, but you're like, yeah. okay, well at least hold on to the one, point and we'll be able to regroup on Friday well then in the 97th minute literally the last minute of the game uh Kevin Molino finds the ball just inside the penalty spot doesn't even hit it that hard but hits it well enough where it just goes past Sanchez 2-1 game over so bad deal man just deflating just at that point you're feeling pretty good you know you got that draw you know okay that's a point oftentimes you know, two wins and a tie gets you through. Uh, sometimes even one win and a tie can get you through, you know? Yeah. It's, uh, can, it? can we, could we get through with one win and a tie? Yeah. Cause you just got to get second place. So, you know, mm-hmm. first, let's say first place wins. Um, well, what happened in the RSL Colorado game? Did they draw? RSL one. Oh, okay. So right now it's Minnesota and RSL have three points each. Colorado and SKC have zero points each. So, so we, 
It'd be nice to win on Friday. So at so RSL and Minnesota play each other on Friday as well. At minimum, if we somebody's mm-hmm. gonna have four points in that game or six points because whether they tie, if we lose Friday, like we're, we're pretty out. much done, right? We're out. That's it. Yeah. Um. Because I think we the would RSL lose. game next Wednesday at eight a.m. would be our biggest test ever especially at 8 a.m holy shit so if if we lose on friday and rsl and minnesota draw we're guaranteed mathematically eliminated if if minnesota wins against rsl and we lose Mm -hmm. we would then need minnesota to beat colorado we would have to beat RSL and then there would be three teams with three points each. Minnesota would have nine. And then or there's a tiebreaker. There's a tiebreaker situation that I don't know what it is. Okay. Let's just win on Friday. <laughs> so we don't make Jimmy do math. Let's just win. So yeah, that's one of the questions. Jeremy Morgan said is Friday's game a must win now to stay in the tournament. Yes, it is. Feels that way. Yeah. You have three games in a group stage to move on. If you lose one of them, you don't have room to lose another. Yeah. I'm a sucker for a bracket. And I, I want to get to the bracket. You know what I mean? I love, I love a, good comp- a good tournament, you know? And I don't want to go home because then it makes this a relevant tournament even more irrelevant to me. Yeah. It just, I just want to keep watching sporting as long as we can because we don't know if we're going to get to this year. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, we have no idea if there's going to be a, a real regular season after this or not. But I do want to talk about one of the things you mentioned earlier it was the thing that I was fighting on Twitter all night. It was something that Peter Vermees was asked about post-game on the Zoom press conference. I was asking if the team felt a sense of deja vu from, from 2019. And we Were had, you on this press conference? I wasn't. I, I could have been, but I was like, I was over it at that point. And I was like, nobody's okay. going to – I don't have any earth-shattering question that somebody else isn't already going to ask. So – I, right. I wasn't the same that. question that's been asked a million different ways anyways is what right. people are asking what so, about the player that tested positive okay yeah. stop so you know if i were there at the game obviously i would have gone but i was like i'll just read the press release after um but we had uh one of our listeners mark anthony um <laughs> i always laugh when i read the name mark anthony because i always imagine it's the singer um, he's the best man. He was my, uh, I believe he was my <laughs> locker buddy at the sporting adult camp last year. I think we had, we we're next to each other. Our locker. So you can confirm it's not the singer Mark Anthony. It's not, although I haven't heard him sing, <laughs> but I bet he's got some pipes, man. Absolutely. Yeah. Get him in that, uh, cold ice bath at, at pinnacle. And it, uh, you hit those high notes. <laughs> um, so he said un- unproductive possession, poor finishing, giving up late goals, just rust or a return to 2019 form. Um, and then, you know, obviously there were all the people who, who asked it on Twitter and Peter Vermees was asked it himself. And so what Peter says is not at all. It's more the fact that we were very well in control of the game. It's the first game back after 127 days and to have to go down a man and try to hold on from there was just a little difficult for the guys when we're already not yet game fit. We're just going to have to build from here for a, a physical perspective. And I think that's fair. That's what yeah. I was and trying to say. Too. We know Minnesota is not a bad team, dude. Like they have been moving up, moving up fitness wise, athleticism, uh, technical, technical wise, like they've been a better team. So, I mean, I, I don't feel bad about losing to them. I do think we can absolutely take care of business with Colorado and RSL. Yeah. 
Um, I just, you know, so I, I think Minnesota is not as good as they should be because obviously they don't have, they're missing some people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I don't know. But they fought their way back in, dude. Give them credit. We didn't just hand it to them. They came back and they, they got – they played hard at the end, you know. Right. But I, 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 think, I think what Peter's saying is what I've been trying to tell people is, like, look, it's one game. They haven't played for four months. We're in the middle of a global pandemic. They're not playing in an environment they've ever played in before. It's a weird situation. I don't think anybody expected, like, a traditional – experience in this tournament i wouldn't be surprised if someone random wins this like minnesota might go on and win this who knows um i think you know what is it is it occam's razor that's like the simplest answer is usually the correct answer or something like that is that what that is i don't are you saying let me look this up so i don't sound did you what did you say occam's razor is that what what are you trying to say arkham asylum (laughs) are you are you talking um, comics? What is happening? Yeah, it's it's Occam's razor. It's the theory that says um, David Occam, right? <laughs> the simplest solution is usually the best. So so basically, what what I'm trying to say is learn something. <laughs> the simplest answer here is Sporting KC was rusty after having not played for four months in the middle of a pandemic in an environment they've never played in, and they just didn't play their best game. Like I think that's much yeah. more likely than oh my God, we're reverting back to 2019 despite the fact that we have a brand new striker and we have a brand new midfielder and we started the season hot. And like, let's just not extrapolate this one game into something bigger. Extrapolate? Listen to you. You're like a regular Jimmypedia <laughs> over here, man. <laughs> I just, yeah, I, I don't know. People are getting on Jimmy Maclopedia. There you go. There it is. There you go. Nah, bro. We're not reverting to 2019. You can't even say that right now because this competition is bonkers. Yeah. All right. It's just everything that can go wrong might go wrong. We can't judge this right now. Yeah. And and I think just enjoy it. You know, people were were also really mad at Peter Vermees saying that this loss is on him because of his substitutions and because his strategy. If it was, he would have said that. He's never been one to not take responsibility for something. If he believed that to be the truth, he would have said like, well, maybe I should have subbed differently. But no, man, he was doing what he could. Yeah. I just, if you look at who was available on the bench for that game, there's no, uh, like really what, what needed to be subbed was we needed another defensive midfielder in there. And unfortunately, we don't really have another defensive midfielder. Yeah, Felipe is gone. They tried to get Busio in there to kind of step into that role. But he's not a defensive midfielder really at all. No, shouldn't be. Could be if he wanted to, could be. They had, you know, (laughs) their, their other midfielders were, this, these were the midfielders on the bench. Gianluca Buzio, Juan Cousin, Felipe Hernandez, and Cameron Duke. Like, what, what, what are you going to do? Like, okay, Juan Cousin's had some first-team experience, but not a lot. Like, I don't, one game. I don't think Felipe or Cameron Duke have had any, and if they have, it's been, like, single minutes. But no, I don't think so, man. Uh, the one person out of that quadruple names you just named would be Buzio, and that's, that's the obvious choice. So, I mean, the, what you could do, I guess, is you could have said, you know, pull, 
I don't know, Jercel pulled somebody, pulled Polito, put in, you know, Graham Smith and or Winston Reed and play a five-man back line or something. But I don't hate that. I don't hate that at all. And hindsight's twenty twenty, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say that like if he would have done that, I wouldn't have been pissed. But I but I just I don't think it's given how the team was playing and given how Minnesota wasn't playing up a man how the hell they should have. I don't blame him for trying to say, let's try to get the second goal and really put it away. Yeah, you're right. So, Cause they weren't coming at him. So he's like, you know what, let's, let's do it. it. Yeah. If they're giving it to you, then take it. And then obviously that first goal happens and he's like, shit, we got to make some changes. And that's when he brought in three different people. He brought in Gianluca Buzio for Ilya. He brought in Hurtado. He brought in Shallowy, but there wasn't a lot of other people to make a substitution for. So, yeah. It's tough, man. At the end of the day, you know, they're, they're professional athletes. They don't dwell on things like fans tend to do. Um, I know me, I, I get a taste in my mouth. I'm just pissed for like the whole week, but it's like, you don't got a whole lot of time to get pissed. Cause if you're listening to this on Wednesday, we have 48 hours till another game. So, right. you know, they're getting ready. They're still training hard in the morning in that, in that sweaty Florida heat where you, where you sweat after you walk a hundred feet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so if you, you know, Matt Doyle actually put up takeaways for every single team online. And what he said about sporting is he said, you know, sporting came out and knocked the ball around, drove Minnesota into a shell and found their new DP, Alan Polito, just about every time they wanted. Even without the second goal, it looked like the type of performance sporting fans were waiting for and almost expecting, which I think is true. It is true. and, And then obviously it fell apart, but you it know, did, he, but look at other teams, dude. Like someone like Atlanta that came out and has kind of not shined at all. But like we came out and it's like, yo, we're doing work. Like this yeah. is the sporting way. Yeah. All right. So let's let's not be down about this. I, we're gonna bounce back. We're gonna make that round of sixteen. I I feel it. Yeah. Feel it in my loins. Yeah. And and so you know what he says is you know Polito was awesome even if he got Ikinda and Jerso weren't quite on the same page in the box. But as they sort things out and they will sort things out this will become one of the higher scoring teams in the league. That's from one of MLS's lead analysts. I know people have thoughts about Doyle, but he's pretty good. He's very passionate. Yeah. He's very passionate. He's not just throwing those words together. I mean, he thinks it through. And so if this team has the potential to become one of the higher scoring teams in the league, that's not 2019. No. That's the opposite of 2019. We're, We're fine, dude. They just, we just, people are just looking at it like, another uh we're we're scoring and someone comes back and scores in the last minute you know what i mean it's like stop dude there were a lot of different variables that went wrong yeah what he says the bad takeaway is is the midfield and i think that's yes that's fair especially after felipe's getting injured he just said that that midfield trio is pretty slow and it is Ilya is not a barn burner roger is not a barn burner anymore he's he's still an enforcer but he's not going to be speeding through um that that midfield's not speeding. It just needs to be a connection to the forwards. Just just a boot and scoot for Gerso, man. Just kick it and go get it, Gers. Yeah, Kinda Kinda can move a little bit, but you know, I would like, and I think I saw it might have been it was someone from Blue Testament. I don't remember exactly who, so forgive me. Maybe it was Chad. I don't remember. But someone said we get like two hundred and fifty thousand dollars of injury exemption money from Felipe being out for the year. That's that's a decent amount of money to go out and find like an enforcer type number six to, to come in and hmm. sort of shore up that midfield. So 
Go find some, go find some young 24, 25 year old dude who maybe he's not the most polished guy, but, but he can come in in the midfield and, and, and spare Ilya and, and kind of shore up that, that defense from the midfield perspective. And I'd be all for that. Very cool. So um, we're, we're running a little bit long on, on time. I do want to talk about, you've been watching a bunch of the other games. Um, mm-hmm. what, what's been your takeaway, just generally speaking, about the MLS's back tournament so far? Uh, some teams look pretty good. Um, others are like, uh, this is pretty sloppy. And you even see some tweets, man. You see some tweets like, oh, MLS is still trash, I see. And it's like, will you stop? Are you, are you even paying attention? Do you even know what this is? We don't expect this to be informed teams, okay? Because they're not. Yeah. Um, the LA teams are surprising me. Like LAFC went down pretty early against Houston, and LA Galaxy lost against uh, Portland. Yeah. So it's. Uh, I thought they'd have a better showing, but I don't know, man. Houston and Houston and LA put up a three or a six goal thriller. Yeah, that's pretty and, crazy. And that's even without Carlos Vela. For uh, Carlos Vela, yeah. For LA. Um, it's wonderful. I, I like it. It's nice that it's back. It's nice to be watching again, but I don't have any expectations to be seeing some game of the year business. Okay. It's right. It's, it's just sports and I'll do the same with baseball and I'm not even a baseball fan and I'll probably watch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You, you mentioned the galaxy specifically. I mean, they Chicharito had a penalty kick. Couldn't put it away yeah. uh, against Portland. So, you know, Oh, the, was that the double save? It was the double save front. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's that fantastic. Was, that was a hell of a say. It was Steve Clark, I think, was the keeper for Portland. And, yeah. and he dove to his left, uh, saved the penalty kick, and then I didn't see who the LA Galaxy player was that, that came up on the rebound and shot it back, but he got it again, had a double save. And, and I mean, that doesn't happen. 90, 99% of the time, that's a goal. It was great, dude. But, it was awesome. And that's uh, Steve Clark, you said, huh? He's been – yeah, he's, he's pretty well-traveled in the league, too. He was in Columbus for a good while. Yeah, I'm I'm double checking that that's who I want to say. Yeah, Steve Clark. I thought I think so. you're right. Yeah, he's yeah. at Portland now. Um, my favorite thing from this game was, and I've seen it a time or two, but it just looked so funny because they had a hilarious camera angle. Was it was kind of late in the game? LA were setting up for a free kick, and did you see Blanco on his hands and knees hiding behind the Portland wall? No. He was, you're going to have to look, I'm going to, okay, let me see if I can, I'm going to text you this right now. So you can can see this photo um, (laughs) and and people can hear your reaction. So trying to trip people Portland. I was like, what the hell is he doing? Portland was lining up this wall and I figured out later he was trying to like be on the ground. So if they tried to do that, like low shot underneath the wall, he was there to block it but he just looked like a creeper ass sitting there behind the wall <laughs> looking through. So I just, just creeping. I don't know if, yeah, I don't know what's He's going like, on. I there. see you. I see you kicking that ball. He's just peeking through the legs, looking like a creeper. Oh, whoa, there he is. Just <laughs> And he's right next to this dude with the whitest thighs ever. These <laughs> Irish, these Irish looking thighs, these Jimmy Mac looking thighs. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> And they got this camera angle and I was was dying because all of a sudden I cut to this camera angle and this is filling your screen where it's just Blanco peeking through the legs of people. He's just like, Hey, we still playing. Yeah. I just was like, (laughs) what, what is happening? But, Oh my God, dude. So many memes need to come out of that. Yeah. So 
Fucking super troopers. Y'all want cream? No, no cream. All right. <laughs> so now we have Colorado. Colorado's coming off the loss against RSL. Um, it's going to be on ESPN two on, on Friday. They're going to be hungry too. They're in the same boat as we are. Yeah. Are you feeling good about this game or, or what's your, what's your take on it? I was feeling good about this last game. So I don't know what's what anymore, but I, I think, yeah, I want to say, yeah, but they, I mean, they're going to, they're going to have the desperation we have too, because they want to keep playing, you know? Yeah. I'd like to say we get a result. I don't know that I'm confident enough to say we're going to get a win, but I don't know. Really? We, oh, we, I mean, we could win 4-0 or we could lose 4-0. I genuinely oh don't God. know. The confidence level on this podcast is at an all-time low. I mean, it has, it has more to do with just like this tournament is crazy. It is crazy, but it's Colorado. And I will always say we're going to beat Colorado. I'd like to think so, but I just like – you know, th- things are happening. And I don't think this tournament is a representative sample of what teams actually are or could be. So that's the other thing it's I want to stress to it's people. Not. If we lose on Friday and we're out of the tournament, like the, don't sky, that. the sky is not falling. We might not get another regular season, but like we're not going to look back on this team in 10, 15 years and be like, man, what a shit showing in the MLS's back tournament. Like nobody, just like if we win the tournament, we're not going to look back in 10, 15 years and hold that trophy up next to our MLS Cups or our U.S. Open Cups or our Supporters Shield. So, you know, let's just a little perspective. Yeah. But, we'll just have to see what happens and tune in next week for our uh, celebrations or us airing our grievances. And yeah. uh, <laughs> Seattle just lost to Chicago Fire. Weird things are happening. So. Weird things are happening, and that's great because I just I don't like Stephen Fry. I don't know why. <laughs> I mean, maybe because he, he jeers at the cauldron all the time, or maybe it's just his face. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, Seattle might not make it out of their group. They have one point through two games. So. Oh, wow, that was their second game. Holy shit. Yeah, they got, they got one more game against Vancouver, and that's a must win for them, and then they got to hope they can get out of there in second mm. place with four points. So. Interesting. No. Things are heating up at the MLS's back tournament. <laughs> Great name. Uh, last thing I want to talk about here before we, we sign off, and, and we don't have to spend a ton of time on this, but I do really want to encourage people to read this article on the Kansas City Star uh, website. We all saw, if you watched the first game versus Orlando and Miami, we all saw um, the MLS. Uh, oh, God, I'm going to mess up the name of it now. Is it Black Players Coalition? Um, yeah, BPC, right? I, I think that's what it's called. The, the, the group of, of black players throughout MLS that came together and formed an, a, a coalition to sort of bring awareness and try to help bring about much needed social change. And that's so crazy cool. there, there were a, a number of, of black players for, for uh, Sporting KC who were out there. They had teams sort of grouped together, but then players from every team lined around the pitch and they all stood there in silence together. Um, I don't know if it was a full eight minutes and 46 seconds, but it was, it, it they might said have it was. Been. So, and that yeah. was, that was how long, obviously, uh, George Floyd was, was on the ground when he was murdered. Um, was, I, I didn't know that that's, I was like, man, they've been standing there a long time. What's going on? And then I read that and I was like, I got it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you didn't know, I mean, yeah, it's a long time and, and it gets a little awkward and uncomfortable, but I, I honestly sure. think that's the point. Like, I mean, did you see anybody actually mad about this? I, I thought it was great. No, no, but like if you just, anytime 
you're sitting there for that long and nothing's happening. It, 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 you, people just have a tendency to get a little antsy, get a little uncomfortable. Um, what if they did it when the game clock was running, though? They kick off and then I'll take a knee. I think that'd be phenomenal. Nothing happened. Well, isn't that what Thierry Henry did? I think he took a knee for the first eight minutes and 46 seconds of, of Montreal's game. And now he's a coach. He's not on the field playing, but. Oh, but I think it'd be sweet if the players did that. Right. I mean, just let the game clock run for damn near for nine minutes. 46, yeah. But I think that uncomfortableness, should, like, think about how long and how uncomfortable it was for us to be sitting there just watching that. Now imagine sure. being choked to death for that long. Like, can't it's do not it. Great. So no. there's this article on Kansas City Star. Um, the 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 headline is "Sporting KC Trio Helps Lead a Movement for Change in How Black People Are Viewed and Treated." And and it specifically highlights Eric Hurtado, Kyrie Shelton, and uh, Amadou Dia. Um, I w- I'm not going to go through and read this. I read a little bit to you to start before we recorded because you haven't seen it yet because it just came out. Um, I would encourage anybody who has the chance to read this, please read it. And, and I don't know what your personal beliefs are. This shouldn't be a political thing. This is a human rights thing. But I encourage you, if you do read this, to please go into this with an open mind and just try to learn about people's experiences who aren't your own. I mean, the article starts out with Eric Hurtado telling a story when he lived in Vancouver, how he just forgot the key fob to his apartment building. And he was waiting for his roommate to come down and let him in. And one of his, another person who lives in the building entered the building and when Hurtado walked in with them, the man said, what are you doing? And Hurtado said, oh, I'm just waiting for my roommate to come down and let me in. I live here. And the guy said, no, you don't live here. You don't look like somebody that would live here. And then Hurtado asked the man politely, it says, to leave, leave me alone, please. And then the guy said he was going to call security and police and said, I told you, you don't live here. You need to leave right now. You need to leave before I make you. And that doesn't happen if Hurtado's white almost guaranteed i do like how you said you weren't going to tell the whole story and then you did tell the whole story i'm, I'm okay with it i'm just uh jeering you but then well, her title it's a bad situation dude that shouldn't happen that uh, that's just one example of the whole like the whole story it, it has stories like that throughout this article about oh, things man. that also happen to Kyrie and things that happen that's to rough. dia and the reason why they're so passionate about it so i should have clarified when i said i'm not going to tell the whole story i mean i'm not going to go through all of these but I do just think it's important to continue to listen and learn. Right. And, so. and if that ever happens to anyone, at least we have that Peter Vermees gif that you could send to someone telling yeah. them to fuck off three times. Exactly. You know, so, um, unreal. So I don't know. I mean, like it's not necessarily at the forefront of people's minds like it was a month ago, but right. if we're going to bring about change, we need to keep talking about it. And we need to keep bringing it up and, and players need to, and, and everyday people need to. And it's just, you know, I'm sorry if it makes you frustrated or uncomfortable, or if you're a stick to soccer person or whatnot, but you know what, this, this is a conversation that's going to keep happening. So stick to soccer. Do you know us? You, <laughs> is this your first time? <laughs> right. So anyway, I don't know, but I think, I guess in summary for me, for this whole podcast, moving on from that, do please do go read that article. But in summary, it's no secret if you followed me on Twitter, it's probably the same on Dan about this MLS's back tournament that like I've had some hesitations and some concerns about whether it's safe or responsible to actually do. But I also think it's been nice to see soccer again. 
it's been nice to see Sporting KC back. I think those two things can coexist. I think you can have concerns about whether the tournament is wise, but also enjoy it for what it is while it's here. So. Well, this was our first time talking soccer in a while, man. Yeah. So I had a good time, you know, I hope, and I think everybody does. Nobody's rooting for this tournament to fail. I hope this tournament can go to its completion with nobody getting, nobody else getting sick. I hope the coronavirus doesn't spread to anybody else on Sporting KC. I hope the bubble and the protocol works. Still have my doubts, but I hope it does because I would like soccer to be able to continue. I know. This could so. change overnight, and then this whole podcast is just nothing. <laughs> you know, you just, the way this virus works, we don't know what's going on one day or the next. Yeah. But, you know, hey, you know, we're, uh, for now, we got soccer back. So I'm happy. But you got anything else for our good listeners before we wrap it up? Nah, man. I do not. Uh, unless, unless people want to go hit us with a five star rating and review. There you go. Like I said, it's been a while since we had one, and I know people are back and ready for soccer. So go hit that up. Five star rating review. Uh, make sure you follow us on Twitter at Dan Kuzer, at JCMax03, at No Other Pod. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash no other pod. Shoot us an email, no other pod at gmail.com. Uh, go check out Added Time Outfitters. Uh, use promo code no other pod for 10% off. Get your sweet wristbands. Uh, and yeah, join us next week after hopefully we get our first victory pod in about four months when we beat the Colorado Rapids. But until then, he's Dan. I'm Jimmy, and we'll talk to y'all later. See ya. Jimmy Maclopedia. Hashtag it. It's a thing. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.